0: Alright guys, and welcome to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janke. It is Monday, so that means it's time to run it back. We're going to review all the games from Sunday, guys, give you a quick preview of the Monday night game. But here we go. No further delays. Let's go for the week five. Run it back. Alright, first off, we had the game in London, which we saw the Jacksonville Jaguars visit the Buffalo Bills. uh, Bills' home game in London, I know. Uh, A little tough to wrap your head around. I get. Uh, We saw Jacksonville win this one, twenty-five to twenty. They had four hundred and seventy-four total yards of offense, guys. They they put time of possession. They ruled uh, over Buffalo as well. They had thirty-eight minutes of uh, time of possession compared to Buffalo's twenty-one minutes. They were fifty-five percent on third down. You saw Trevor Lawrence, aka Sunshine, throw for three hundred fifteen yards and a touchdown. Travis Etienne had himself a day, 26 attempts on 136 yards with two touchdowns. We did see Calvin Ridley get involved, guys. I was wondering if that was going to start to happen more and more. So he uh, had seven receptions on eight targets for 122 yards. And then, of course, we saw Christian Kirk still remain one of the favorites for Trevor Lawrence with six receptions on eight targets for 78 yards. They did have zero sacks. They did get a pickoff on uh Josh Allen one time. They did enough to hold on to win the game, guys. That's the main thing. They survived. They tried to give the ball away a couple times. I mean, they did give the ball away a couple times in the red zone. So it felt like they almost gave the game away a couple times is what I was trying to refer to. But, you know, Buffalo side, they had 388 total yards of offense. Josh Allen looked great, 359 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he was throwing the ball all over the field, mostly because they were kind of down later in the game. Of course, there was no running game to speak of with Buffalo again. They only had 14 attempts total, where Jacksonville had 40 attempts. And I get it that they were behind, but man, Buffalo gets very, very pass happy. We did see Buffalo's defense put up five sacks. They were harassing uh, Trevor Lawrence most of the game. The other thing that kind of stuck out to me in this game, guys, as I was watching it, a lot of penalties on Buffalo's side. 11 penalties for 109 yards. Listen, Buffalo will probably ride its ship next week as they host the, uh, the New York Giants in actual Buffalo for a home game um, on Sunday, pri- Sunday night primetime. But, you know, for right now, Jacksonville played tough. I think the big, big factor in this one, Jacksonville stayed the whole week in London, so they didn't have to travel. They didn't have to get up, you know, and change their uh, sleeping routines halfway through the week. They were up, they were there, they were practicing all week. It's a big, big deal when you stay in one place to get ready for it, especially overseas. Okay, guys, let's move right along. Uh, We have the Houston Texans visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta ended up uh, pulling this one out of its uh, hat, Uh, 21-19 with a last-second field goal. And Houston was pretty much in control of this game for a long time. And then Atlanta really just kind of came alive in the fourth quarter, they they put up they ended up putting up 14 points in the fourth quarter, so we saw Houston C.J. Stroud look pretty efficient again, 249 yards and a touchdown. We saw Damian Pierce run uh, 20 times for 66 yards. A pretty quiet day for the receivers though. Overall, guys, um, Woods, Tank Dell, and Nico Collins all only had three receptions with um, 30, 57, and 39s respectively. We didn't see any sacks from both teams on this one. Houston, I think one of the big issues that they had, they were 1-3 and three in the red zone. You got to kind of put up some more points, uh, especially, you know, against this kind of weak Atlanta Falcons defense, in my opinion, but what can you do? I guess Desmond Ritter was listening to the show, and he decided to uh, prove me wrong. He uh, had 332 yards passing with a touchdown, and he rushed four times for 10 yards and another touchdown, so... There you go, Desmond Ritter. Hats off to you. You had a good good game and a good win. Main thing is, too, guys, they got Kyle Pitts involved in this game. He had seven receptions for 87 yards. Drake London is still being a good target for Ritter as well. Six receptions for 78 yards. So, in the end, they pulled it out. Houston ended up scoring a touchdown with about two minutes left to pull them in the lead and then um, 19-18, and then, of course, you saw Atlanta go down and kick the field goal to win 21-19. Kind of a whole hum game in between the two, really. Not much else to say about it. All right, let's move on to a great divisional uh, matchup, the AFC North matchup, in between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one, man, we saw Baltimore put all of its scoring up in the first half. It, it really felt like the game was 10-3 forever. Um, but the main thing is you just saw Baltimore go 1 and 3 in the red zone. They gave up a couple turnovers there. They were just they outproduced the Pittsburgh Steelers in pretty much every facet on offense. 335 total yards versus 289. They passed for more yard, you know, about like 8 more yards or 12 more yards I should say, and they rushed the ball better. But at the end of the day, these fumbles are costing them. And Lamar Jackson had another fumble yesterday. He did have another interception. These turnovers are stacking up for Baltimore, and they got to try to figure it out. They had four fumbles total. They only lost two of them. But the main thing is Pittsburgh came roaring back in the fourth quarter, guys. They blocked a punt to end up being a safety. They scored on a great 41-yard pass from Kenny Pickett to George Pickens, which basically called game. So, and we saw, you know, I didn't know if Pickett was going to play. He had that bone bruise on his knee. I thought they would uh, side in the way of holding him back for a little bit to see if he would just become a little bit better and maybe give him an extra week with a bye week coming on up. The other thing that I'm really concerned about with the Pittsburgh Steelers, guys, and I wonder if they're going to try to make a maneuver here, is the rushing attack. Pittsburgh's usually been known for running the ball pretty well. Najee Harris had just another quiet day of 14 attempts for 37 yards, and then you saw Warren have 9 attempts for 40 yards, and he added another 3 receptions for 39 yards, and it just really seems like every time that that guy touches the ball, it is way more electric than Najee Harris touching the ball. I wonder if they're going to start factoring that in more. I don't know. Warren definitely is a spark plug for these guys, especially in the second half comebacks that they've been doing so let's move right along to New Orleans Saints versus the New England Patriots and this one was abysmal for the Patriots guys it was 34 nothing New Orleans didn't even really put up that many yards they had 304 total yards of offense but that's okay because the Patriots only put up 156 yards of total offense I mean the defense for New Orleans was all over Mac Jones two interceptions, two sacks, and a fumble recovery. Derek Carr just had 183 yards passing with two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara started kind of rolling again, guys. 22 attempts for 80 yards and a touchdown. Chris Olave had a quiet game again, which is a little concerning for New Orleans. Not that they need it against New England, but they got to get him rolling. He only had two receptions on five targets for 12 yards. He did put a touchdown in there. But New England... I mean, they were 7% on third down. 7%. That led to eight first downs overall. They had three turnovers. Mac Jones got replaced by Bailey Zappi again for the second straight week. There is no running attack to talk about. There is no passing attack to talk about. You know, I heard Bill Belichick on the press conference saying he's going to have to start all over. I don't know what's going on with this team, but it's not going to be good. And, you know, after last week's bad loss to the, the Cowboys... And now you've got a bad loss at home against the Saints. These are piling up and Belichick's going to have to keep answering more and more questions. So we'll have to see what New England's going to do. But it's definitely, I I don't even really see anything that you can hang your hat on defensively or offensively, guys, to be like, hey, they're really close. Because I don't think they're really close to anything. All right, moving right along. We've got the Carolina Panthers that visited the Detroit Lions Guys, we saw the Lions rolling this one 42 to 24. They are just playing some efficient football. Now, Carolina had a little fight in itself. It, you know, yeah, it, they kept scoring, they kept fighting back a little bit. Bryce Young did have a little bit better of an offensive day 247 yards or three touchdowns, but he did throw two picks. I mean, they can't really get the running game going that well. Uh, I mean, they were down pretty good. So that might be part of the reason, but still CJ Hubbard had nine attempts for 35 yards and Miles Sanders, once again, seven, uh, attempts for 32 yards. I feel like that's like a broken record for Miles Sanders every week, but you know, they need to get some playmakers on that offense if they're going to try to keep up. And that's something that they've been talking about. I guess they've been looking to try to trade for a wide receiver or something, you know, but, I mean, that's what they get. They tarried to D.J. Moore to get the number one overall pick, so they got Bryce Young, and now they need guys around him to start making plays, and they just don't have it yet. Thielen's not bad, but Thielen on another team is probably number two, three, right probably more likely a number three wide receiver, but, you know, he's doing okay for him. He's a sure-handed receiver. Detroit, though, guys, like I said, they're just playing efficient football. You saw Jared Goff pass for 236 yards and three touchdowns. He completed 71% of his passes. They're not turning over the ball either on offense. It's great. Uh, they just they look, they look very, very crisp and sharp. David Montgomery, 19 attempts for 109 yards and a touchdown. He's starting to become like Christian McCaffrey on having touchdowns almost every week. And then we saw their tight end still having this uh, big... Uh, you know, blowout party t- kind of in the NFL. He had three receptions on four targets for 47 yards and at two touchdowns. It was it was nice to see they have some playmakers on that side of the ball for sure. Detroit does. They didn't have uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, or Jameer Gibbs, but they still handled it pretty well. Defense was solid. Got three turnovers for from the Carolina Panthers, and that's about all that they wrote. Okay, moving right along to the New York Giants visiting the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Giants, you got your hands full on this one, and you got outgunned big time. Um, not to mention, you also lost Daniel Jones to a neck injury that's going to get looked at today. Oh, they only had 268 total yards of offense. The one thing that I can say is we did see Darren Waller start to get involved with eight receptions for 86 yards. They didn't turn over the ball which was good to see for once, but, and they did get the, they did get some turnovers on defensively from Miami, but man, Miami just rolled 524 total yards of offense, 308 yards passing from Tua, Achan, he, he rushed for 151 yards, Mostert rushed for another 65 They just don't stop. I mean, you saw Tyreek Hill go off with eight receptions for 181 yards, and their defense had seven sacks. I mean, here's here's how efficient the Miami Dolphins were playing this week, too. They only had the ball for 24 minutes on offense, and they put up 524 yards of total offense. That's crazy. The Giants held the ball for 46 minutes, for crying out loud, and they couldn't even barely put up any points. So that just shows you... It's a a tale of uh, two different spectrums that those teams are on. The Dolphins are rising high, and the Giants are falling low. Okay, let's move right along to another one of the morning games. And this was an AFC South matchup in between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, this one, the Colts ended up winning... Uh, they did lose Anthony Richardson to uh, an injury. It looks like it's an AC joint in his shoulder. They're going to get some MRIs done today. But Gardner Minshew came in, looked pretty efficient, 155 yards passing. Um, we did see them go 61% on third down. And we did see this week that Jonathan Taylor got a nice extension, three years, $42 million. But he wasn't the talk of the rushing attack for the Colts. That was Zach Moss, guys. He exploded for 165 yards and two touchdowns. So they've got a little dual kind of running uh, attack going there. They might continue that, I would think. Shane Steichen coming from Philly is used to rotating guys in, especially at the running back position, as you see what Philadelphia does all the time. Tennessee, guys, I don't really have much to say. Tannehill just was like a whole hum, 264 yards. Derrick Henry was kept in check with 43 yards rushing. We did see De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins have 140 yards receiving, but that was mostly because they were just trying to come back and he completed a couple big passes. Guys, Indy look in control most of the time in this game. Tennessee's got a lot of stuff to work on, and I'm still thinking that they might have to start to look for a bigger spark on offense, and that might be coming from the quarterback position. All right, guys, we're going to move right along to the afternoon games. First up, we had the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Arizona did make, try to make this a game, guys, but Cincinnati ended up pulling away later on in the game. So we saw Cincinnati take it down 34-20. to 20. 380 total yards of offense from Cincinnati, definitely looking like the Cincinnati of old. Joe Burrow, 317 yards passing, three touchdowns. Those three touchdowns all went to one, man. That was Jamar Chase. 192 yards receiving, 15 receptions. My goodness, that's just crazy. Their defense was pretty stout too. Uh, They had three sacks. They had two interceptions, which they took one back to the house and a fumble recovery. I mean, the one thing that I'll give to Arizona guys, man, they've got a lot of fight in them every week, you know, sure they're outgunned, but man, they're really banking some plays on offense and defense. I I know they're not winning, but they're definitely not as bad as everybody thought they were going to be, especially when they switched to Josh Dobbs at the beginning of the season. I mean, they put up 294 total yards of offense and they had 142 ru- yards rushing as a team. That's pretty dang good, guys. So, I mean, my hats off to Arizona. They're they're still trying to compete every week, so main thing is they just got to probably play a little bit more efficient ball but that's going to come. So, moving right along, we had the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Los Angeles Rams. All right, guys. This game was close right before half. Uh we saw the Rams take the lead 14 to 10. And with about oh minute left in the in the half, then we saw them give up Four plays for 48 yards to the Philadelphia Eagles, who'd scored right before half to make it 17-14. And then that is about all that they wrote. Eagles put up 454 yards of total offense. They were 72% on third down. That, talk about efficiency. That's efficiency. So, and then they only had three penalties as a team. That's another way to play too, guys. You don't cause self-made mistakes and you keep Roland Hurts was great. 303 yards passing, 72 yards rushing, a touchdown in the air, a touchdown on the ground. I mean, they had four sacks against Matthew Stafford, which I figured they would. That defensive line is just too stout, especially for that banged up or no-name Los Angeles Rams offensive line. The one thing that I'll say about the Eagles, and it seems like they played this way last year too, is they have this really good habit of slowing teams down, especially in the second half. Now, they have a good habit too of slowing themselves down in the second half as well. You really see a disparage in, um, of scoring in between the first half and the second half for the Eagles. Take a look at it. I mean, they only put up six points yesterday too, in the second half. So... They like to control the ball. They like to run the ball. They move the ball a lot in the second half, but there's not a lot of points being put up. But maybe that's just the way they want to play it. They just want to call game. They just want to slow it down and and keep the other team out of the end zone. All right, guys, let's move along to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Minnesota Vikings. Guys, we saw the Kansas City Chiefs put up 334 total yards of offense. They were 60% on third down, 3-for-3 in the red zone. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that they like to play. Travis Kelsey did have a little bit of an ankle injury, but they came right back after it was taped and scored a touchdown. I mean, the only thing that I'll really say, this wasn't a shocker to me in any ways. I mean, Kansas City just kind of looked like they were moving the ball. Yeah, Minnesota kind of got it a little closer later, but they lost Justin Jefferson in this one to a hamstring. He didn't really do much before that. He only had three receptions for 28 yards. I mean, this is the kind of story of of the Minnesota's uh, season so far. 329 yards of total offense. Kirk Cousins, two touchdowns, 284 yards passing, and they lose. That's just the way that they do it all the time. They put up some yardage and maybe some points, but not enough to win. All right, guys, here we go. This one uh, had some people interested in the afternoon when Nathaniel Hackett and the New York Jets visited the Denver Broncos after Sean Payton made some comments in the offseason about how horrible of a job Nathaniel Hackett did coaching last year. Well, needless to say, the Jets kind of starred this one up and wanted to uh, make an example of those comments that Sean Payton made. They ended up winning 31-21. to They put up 470 yards of total offense. I don't know where that came from because they were only 25% on third down and they were 0 for 5 in the red zone. Uh, Most of their yardage came from Zach Wilson and Brees Hall. Brees Hall had 177 yards on the ground. Zach Wilson had 199 yards in the air. Their defense played great though. Four sacks, two fumble recoveries, and a safety. The Jets were definitely pumped up for this game, like I said, guys. And Denver kind of just did Denver things. 196 yards passing for Wilson and two touchdowns. Um they traded away Randy Gregory earlier this week. Not that that really mattered. They still have four sacks, but the main thing is guys, I just I don't know if the Broncos are trying to struggle to find out what identity they have as a team, but they the one identity that I can say that they have is not a good defense. So, are they going to trade away more pieces to try to keep rebuilding with Sean Payton? I would lean towards yes, but we're going to just have to see. All right, guys. Now, let's get to the night game, which showed uh, two powerhouses playing and only one being victorious and looking like a powerhouse. That was the Dallas Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. Guys, the Niners took care of business in this one, 42-10, Dallas got beat up. They only put up 197 yards of total offense. Their defense, that's supposed to be so stout, only had a sack and a fumble recovery. I mean, Pollard had 29 yards rushing and a fumble. Prescott had 159 yards, 159 yards passing, and a touchdown and three interceptions. This is a huge saving game from San Francisco. Especially, I mean, offensively and defensively. 421 yards total offense guys 54% on third down four for five in the red zone I mean we saw Brock Purdy just go crazy 252 yards passing four touchdowns and George Kittle he had three receptions for 67 yards but those three receptions all went for touchdowns McCaffrey played efficient again 51 yards rushing and a touchdown keep keep his streak alive and you know this is just the way that San Francisco wants to play. They're going to beat you up. I mean, at one point, Dallas pulled pulled within, I think, two scores, and then that was about it. It was never going to be anything closer. The one thing that I said after halftime, if Dallas doesn't come on up and put a f- touchdown right away, the game's over, and they didn't. They kicked a field goal on their first possession in the second half, and then San Francisco just ran away after that. All right, guys. Let's go over the game tonight. We got the Green Bay Packers visiting the Las Vegas Raiders, guys. Uh, the spread in this one is showing um, Green Bay getting two points. We've got the over/under of forty-six. So, guys, I'm gonna I'm going with Green Bay in this one. I, I'm liking Green Bay plus the two. I'm giving Green Bay the money line. And I'm going to go over on 46. I think that these teams are going to go back and forth a little bit. I think Green Bay's got a little bit more of a defense to kind of hold off Las Vegas towards the end. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, you see really that Green Bay can put up points and Las Vegas doesn't necessarily put up points. Green Bay's averaging about 25 points a game. That's good for 10th in the league total, guys. But... On the reverse side, we see Las Vegas, they only put up about 15.5 points per game. That's good for 30th in the league, so two spots from the bottom. That's what I think is going to be the key here, guys. I think Green Bay is going to put up enough points. I think Las Vegas is going to put up some points, too, but at the end of the day, they can't hold back Green Bay and Jordan Love, so we're going to see Green Bay victorious in this one, is my opinion. All right, guys, thanks for joining me on Just a Guy Talking Football podcast I'm going to be with you tomorrow to run it back from tonight's game and give you my power rankings post-week five. Hang on and wait for that. Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast, PG Janky. I'm out.